This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up, hopefully, uh, Mark chapter 1. This is the fifth podcast on Mark chapter 1, believe it or not. And uh, um, before we actually get into uh, our, our text, I'm going to open this up in prayer this time. Okay. Um, but before we start in uh, our word of prayer, I'm just going to throw it out there what we're talking about. And that's the demons. And obviously the demons were around when, well, I mean, it's been around since Gen- you know, Genesis with Satan. Um, but... We see it when Jesus is walking around on the earth. You know, he's casting out demons. The demons are, you know, calling out to him, talking to him. And even with his disciples, they, they were able to cast out demons because he gave them the power to do so. And then after the church began in Acts chapter 2, Jesus is gone. So he said at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit comes down, fills the, the disciples, whatever. And um, they were able to cast out demons. Like when, you know, Paul just gets frustrated at the little girl following around and the demons crying out to him. He just basically just turns around and casts them out. And that's when he gets in trouble because he costs those people a lot of money because you couldn't do the fortune telling anymore. So the question is, and this is what we're going to dig into after we pray, uh, is obviously demons exist, but do, do, are they still around? If they are, then what do we do about it? If not, then where'd they go? Good questions. Good questions. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the opportunity to uh, study your word. Thank you. You have passed it down to us that we can break it down and get to know you more intimately as we talked about in in the last podcast. Thank you that you love us, that you dwell with us, you dwell within inside of us. Thank you for filling us with your spirit. And Father, I just pray for those who don't know you in an intimate way. Just pray that their relationship would just... um, would grow closer to you, uh, that you would be a friend to them, that you would comfort and strengthen them in their walk. Um, as we study your word, Lord, just uh, be real. Um, just thank you for this opportunity. Um, open up hearts, open up minds, even our own, and just um, as we we know that, that greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world, and we know who the ruler of this world is, but we also know who created this world and we just thank you for your power the power that's in the blood of christ uh, the power that dwells within us just thank you that uh, you've given us those your promises and just pass them down to us that we can stand on your word your word is truth and as we break down your word of truth lord just uh, open up our hearts and our minds in christ's name we pray amen amen so i start off my notes by saying the devil goes to church come on the devil goes come on, to church. somebody. And the thing about the devil going to church is he may even come in with us. What? <laughs> or at least with people. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions I'll ask later on if um, when we get to it is, um, do demons still possess people? So there's three tough questions right off the bat. Okay. All right, so what say ye about demons? 
2 uh, Corinthians 11, 12 through 15, Paul uh, says to the church at Corinth, he says, but I will continue doing what I've always done. And this will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false prophets. So he's talking about false prophets, right? False teachers, false prophets. Or false apostles is what he says. They are deceitful workers. And so he's going to he's tell us who false apostles are. Um, they are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Right? They're going around to these, you know, these places and they're pretending to be like Paul, like Peter, James, and John. Yeah. So they're, they're deceiving people, which is what Satan does. Right? He's the master of deception. Right? And that's what Paul says here. He says, but I'm not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Right. It's pretty clever. Then that's also scary. Because... If he can disguise himself as an angel of light, then he can deceive the very elect. Because he looks real. It's frightening. It looks real. What he says seems real. And people fall for it, and the next thing you know, they're like, uh-oh, I've been duped. This is not from God. Um, so he says, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. I say, I, I've always, I've used this verse a lot. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. But the very next verse says that the demons, that, that Satan's demons, his servants, also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Is that not crazy? Yeah. And I never realized that until right before we ate supper. <laughs> when I put this verse in my notes. <laughs> In the end, they will get the punishment for their wicked deeds deserved. In the end, they will get. So I guess the question would be, when is that end? And, and I've got verses on that. But So the question is, are demons still around today? And if so, what do we do about it? Because obviously they were, they, they, they were, they were around. Like you got, okay, so... And we're not going to get into this in this podcast. If you you know, the listen audience, if you want to Google it, you can Google it. I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with this. Have you ever heard this? That um, that there was actually a world before Adam and Eve were created. The fallen. That's when the fallen world happened. Have you ever heard that? No. Yeah, you should dig into it. It's pretty interesting. Um, but obviously, when Adam and Eve were created, Satan had already been cast out of heaven. Right? He's he's he. We, Paul says he is the, the, I think it's Paul. I got in my notes somewhere. Um, well, 2 Corinthians 4 4. Satan, who is the God, the Lord G, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable, unable to see the glorious light of the good news. So Paul says that Satan, the devil, Satan means opposition, right? That's his name. That's what his name means. Whatever you want to call him, the serpent. He's been around for a long time. He was there in the garden. Of eating with, with Adam and Eve, you got to eat the, the cave on the fruit, not mm -hmm. the apple, but the fruit. <laughs> and um, um, and so and so he he's been around for a long, long time, and he he has three tools: lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Nothing's changed. He uses the same old things, but he's good at his game. Mm -hmm. Very good at his game. Uh, and we see him 
even trying to test and tempt Jesus in Matthew 4, right? When, when the Spirit leads Jesus out to the wilderness after his baptism. And so he's kind of get, trying to get Jesus to cave in his little schemes. Um, I want to read this from uh, gotquestions.org. It says, Two scripture passages that describe Satan before he fell are Ezekiel 28, 12-19 and Isaiah 14, 12-15. Satan was the anointed cherub, Ezekiel 28, 14. He was adorned with every precious jewel imaginable. He was the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Likely, he was the highest of all angels. He was persuasive enough to convince one-third of the angels to join him in his rebellion, Revelation 12, 4. Even after his fall from heaven, not even Michael the archangel dared to stand up to him without the Lord's help, Jude 9. Satan fell because of pride. He did not like being second best. He wanted to be God. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heaven. Into heaven. Like the most high. Yeah, I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. Isaiah 14, 13. Then uh, Pastor James used this other day in the sermon, Daniel um, chapter 10, verses 12 through 14, when Daniel had been praying for three weeks, 21 days, and he's not getting an answer to his prayer. And then finally, uh, I think it was Michael, the archangel, shows up and says, um, hey, I've been trying to get to you, but I've been held up by the prince of Persia. In other mm -hmm. words, spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's going on in places we you know, we, we can't see with the eyes, right? Um, and so he showed, and he, he says, it's been 21 days. He's, he says, it's been three weeks I've been trying to get to you. And that's how long Daniel had been fasting and praying and waiting for his answer. And so uh, Michael shows up and says, you know, here's your answer. But I was blocked. So you got the spiritual war warfare going on in, in Daniel. And then in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, um, Paul says uh, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies, the schemes of the devil. The devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood uh, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That place that where, Mark, where Michael the Archangel was fighting, trying to get to Daniel, right? And then he goes on and talks about uh, the armor of God. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then he goes on describing uh, the armor. And he says at the end, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and, and, he, will flee from you. and he will flee from you. And then in Matthew 25, verse 46, Revelation 20, verse 10, Revelation 21, verse 8 tells us, Jesus tells us, and and God's word tells us that the final resting place for the demons is hell. God created hell for the devil and his rebellious friends. Um, and obviously, the, the end hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, um, we're all still here. The Holy Spirit's still working. God's still working. Mm -hmm. Jesus is still sitting at the right hand of the Father. So Satan is still... Obviously, because nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. 
since Jesus was here. So Satan is still the god of this world, little g. He's the prince of this world. Mm -hmm. He's still, uh, is it Peter? Is that Peter that says he's, roar, he's like a roaring lion, mm -hmm. walking around, seeking whom he may devour, mm -hmm. totally consumed? So, is that still going on today or not? Yes. I believe it absolutely happens today. I think our Western churchianity, or American Christianity, um, our culture tends to um, despiritualize everything. And I think we, we push off everything on mental illness or, you know, instability, um, mentally, emotionally. But I think some of those things are demonic. And I'm not saying that mental illness is not legitimate because I, I believe that that um, is certainly in existence as well. <clears throat> but some people, and, and I say this from the standpoint of the fact that I worked in a psychiatric hospital for nine years. <laughs> so um, with some of those people who seemed to be so aware of what was happening in the spiritual realm, in good ways and in really not good ways. Um, I kind of wonder what happened first. Was it the demonic influence that uh, opened them to uh, biological imbalance? Or was it the, like, the chemical biological imbalance that opened them to open their awareness to things in the spirit. I don't know. It's kind of which came first, the chicken or the egg. Right. right. <laughs> and it's hard to determine sometimes. But there were some things that were definitely in my face that were straight demonic. Yeah. Um, you hear stories like that. I mean, not mm -hmm. just from, but from other, other people, you hear stories like that a lot. Right. Um, that people, like, that people have done crazy things, and I mean, and they'll pray for them right there on the spot, and then the people calm down. But this this subject scares the crap out of people. So I, I think, we're not comfortable with it. At I all. think in our culture we tend to minimize those or write it off as something else. Um, yeah, but in other cultures around the world, that's that's not so. You know, a lot of a lot of other cultures around the world are far more spiritually minded than. 21st century Americans oh, are. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day with, uh, well, it was their last podcast actually, with Michael Jr. And uh, the, the, the preacher from Scent Church, it was his co-host and he was talking about a mission trip that he was on and a little boy had a demon mm -hmm. and, and, and he saw it being cast out. Mm -hmm. And the little boy was perfectly fine after that the demon was cast out. Mm -hmm. But that was somewhere else, like some Africa or somewhere. Mm -hmm. Can't remember exactly where they were at. You can go back. Somebody, if you're listening, you can go back and listen to the podcast for yourself. <laughs> Michael Jr. So I see you got some, you got, you got some thoughts here. Yeah, just as you were doing the intro scriptures, there were a couple of things 
that came to mind. Matthew 24, verse 24, my back up to 22. And this is Jesus speaking, right? Matthew 24, Jesus is telling the disciples, this is what's going to happen in the days to come. And starting at verse 22, he says, If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. The false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Yeah. See, I have told you ahead of time. And this is Jesus himself. It's not anybody else. Warning he is disciples. saying, warning, warning, warning. There will be false messiahs. There will be false prophets. They will have the ability to perform great signs and wonders to deceive. Scary. Right. Those are not just naturally powered people. They are supernaturally powered, but in the wrong direction. Yeah. You know, demonically inspired, demonically empowered. And you think about what he just said and what, what Paul said, that, that the Satan can appear as an angel of light. And then he says, even his demons can appear as servants of righteousness. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. This is Jesus saying, even the elect. That's scary. That's why we're Why there. in other places he says... Be alert, right? Be watchful. Pray. Watch and pray. Yeah. You better know the word. Mm-hmm. You better know the word. <laughs> I heard this quote today. Someone mentioned that small group. That there's a little bit of truth in every lie. A little bit of truth in it. Yeah. Like when Satan like is in the wilderness with Jesus, like he uses the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's still the truth. Twisted, yeah. It's just... Right. Well, wicked. Well, even in the garden, he did it. With yeah. Wicked comes from the same. I think the root word of um, like wicker, mm -hmm. you know, wicker furniture. It's twisted, right? And so, absolutely, Satan takes the truth and he twists it just enough. I mean, how did he tempt Eve? Did God really say? He didn't flat out tell her. You know, a, a, a lie to begin with. He just said, he just got her to question. Yeah. Well, did God really say that? You know, and sometimes he does that with us. But then, you know, how did he tempt Jesus when Jesus was uh, alone in the, in the wilderness? As we were just reading, right? Um, he test. sometimes he even said the word, well, you know, if you're really the son of God, Throw yourself off because the word says you will not even dash your foot upon a stone. Yeah. And Jesus comes back with the, the truth as well. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. You know, it's kind of like he's saying, you, you, you know, God's not going to let you stub your toe. Mm -hmm. Something minor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, crazy. Craziness, but yes, he can he can masquerade as an angel of light. Obviously, his um, demonic horde can can masquerade as well. And yeah, there's there's going to be what looks like truth, even in the deception. Mm -hmm. 
the other scripture that came to mind was in Mark 16. And I know this is kind of jumping ahead to the end of the book, mm -hmm. but the scripture that came to mind was with the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying to them, he said to them, um, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And in my name, they will drive out demons. They, right? Oh, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. I mean, again, this is Jesus saying, they will drive out demons. Right. So this is not relegated just to Jesus' time. Which is what Pastor was talking about Sunday. The, that thought is just, um, you want to Google and study dispensationalism. That's, that's where that thought comes from. Mm -hmm. That all this stuff died out. That, that like this stuff was just manifesting itself because Jesus was around. But God never changes. Jesus never changes. The Holy Spirit never changes. The Holy Spirit dwells within us when we give our lives to Christ. Right. Well, and, and what do you think is happening in the book of Revelation? In the end days, at the, at the last times, there will be tremendous deception. Tremendous. Uh, yeah. Right? We see it. We see it today. We'll be hearing, listening to what our itching ears want to hear. Right? Doctrines of demons yeah. will be taught. Well, it's, look at our world today. Look what's going on. Like Pastor was talking about that girl that identifies as a fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> well, and, and look at what Revelation says about the dragon, yeah. about the beast, yeah. about the whore of Babylon, about, you know, the Antichrist. Those are certainly not... Um, it's not Michael. It's not Gabriel. Mm -hmm. It's not not archangels that are on God's side. You know, they're empowered by something because they're doing some miracle signs and wonders, but they're not doing them to bring people into the kingdom of God. No. No, they're deceiving them. They're taking them away from right. God to get them out of the kingdom. So those were my thoughts. For whatever it's worth. All right. So in Mark 1, um, the devil, as we start out, the devil goes to church. But obviously, um, let me go back to our original, my original jumping into to the pool here. Obviously, demons exist. Satan is real. Mm -hmm. God is greater. Amen. Stormy Christian Brother Ryan. Um, um, so let me. So here's here's a uh, a part two to, to those thoughts. Can demons possess people today? And in particular, can Christians be possessed? Good questions. Because if demons can possess people, then we still need to have the. Remember how the Catholics used to have the exorcisms. Now I was telling y'all before we started. Uh, I've seen, I've seen people try to cast out demons, freakish, 
scary living. Um, I don't believe that a, a I don't believe Christians can be demon possessed because uh, over and over again, Scripture says that light and darkness can't dwell together. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if we're full of Jesus, we're full of light. Then there's there's no room for darkness. Mm-hmm. But we can be oppressed. I agree. That's that's what I have taught, learned, or, you know, um, that that we can't be possessed and filled with with demonic spirits, but that we can we can be oppressed. And the difference is just being filled with or just being taunted by, um, harassed by. I mean, you, you look at Peter. When he he was in opposition to Jesus going to the cross, he said, "You know, we're we're not going to let you." Die. And Peter, you know, Jesus looked at him and said, "Get behind me, Satan!" So even then, just for a split moment, Satan uh, Satan used Peter, mm-hmm. or Peter allowed Satan to use him. I don't think he was aware of that when he was doing that. Right. We are releasing the sound. All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G A M B O A music.com. Go check that out. Um, and I know this is a, a subject that's way deeper than what we're discussing in this little podcast, you know, for a few minutes. But, um, but I think that's the. the the, the roundabout jest of it all is yes demons they were here they're still here because God hasn't cast them into to the to, into hell yet the devil the devil Satan however you lake of fire too right yeah so however you want to word word that he he is the prince of this world he's the god of this world he still roams around seeking whom he may devour mm-hmm. and he can't possess people who are full of Jesus, who are full of the light. John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So obviously, light and darkness can't dwell, dwell together, so he can't possess people who are... So the, the deal is, you better be walking with Jesus. You better be full of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or there's going to be room for Satan to possess. And, and from obviously, from the verses that I started out with, that Paul was talking about false prophets, false teachers, uh, antichrist, all these people who are against Christ, obviously... They're being influenced by somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's not God. Well, if they're not being influenced by God, then they're being influenced by Satan. That's the only other option. Right. Now, whether they're possessed or not, I don't know. Maybe some some people are. But if they are, there's there's somebody greater Amen. that, that can uh, deliver. And we see that over and over and over again all throughout the New Testament. The deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. Are you coming up with thoughts? I need to give you some time. Uh, that's okay. Go ahead. I'll just read verses 21 through 28 while you're looking up what you're looking up. 
in Mark chapter 1, it says, Jesus, and because this is what sparked the, the whole question about the demons, because uh, the way I start off this podcast is the devil goes to church. And that's what happens in Mark 1, 21 through 28. It says, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. And when the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. And the people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. And so they're, they're in their version of a church service, right? In the synagogue on the Sabbath. And suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and then came out of him. So he tortured this guy, all right, before he came out. Mm -hmm. Amazement gripped the audience, as you can imagine, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this, they asked excitedly. It has such authority, even evil spirits obey his orders. And the news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. You got your thoughts yet? No, carry on. My I'm, wayward I'm child? Still... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the people's minds are blown by two things here. The way Jesus talked and the authority he had over demons. Um. The people, are, they're used to going to synagogue. They go to synagogue every Saturday. Because when Paul's traveling around, even outside Jerusalem, he's going into these uh, Gentile areas. The first place he would go to on the Sabbath, he would, um, you know, the Sabbath day would come up and he's going to find a Jewish synagogue because he knew he had a captive audience. And so it's, it's what they did. They, they, they worshiped on the Sabbath. And on this particular Sabbath day, um, you know, they're, they're used to hearing somebody sit in the seat of Moses in the place of authority and they're grabbing the scroll, they're grabbing the law and they're teaching, you know, Moses said this, according to God's law, Moses would say this and they were teaching on the authority of Moses mm -hmm. and then Jesus comes along and he would say stuff like, well Moses says this to you but I'm saying this to you. Moses says, you know, you know, don't commit adultery. Jesus says, if you look at a, if you even just look and, and, and lustfully at a person, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So he's taking what Moses said, but he's taking it even deeper. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the only example I think off the top of my head out of that Sermon on the Mount. Um, and so these these people are hearing Jesus instead of hearing these these synagogue preachers or however you want to word that these teachers of the law teaching on authority of Moses, he's saying, no, my authority is greater than Moses. And to back that up, watch this. <laughs> and, and this demon, you know, manifests itself and, 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 and Jesus cast this demon out, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what I want to focus on is what the demon was doing. What was he, in particular, what was he saying? And before I get into that, you, are you ready? Yeah, I just had another thought uh, in Revelation chapter 9, verse 20. And 
because part of your question had to do with, you know, do demons still exist today? And if so, you know, where are they? Um, so I would say this is end times. Um, Revelation chapter 9, verse, starting with verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by the plagues. Okay, so we're just talking about the, the seven plagues that have just been poured out on the earth. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons right. and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. I mean, so at, at some point... I mean, I, I think it's going on today. Yeah. And even even when these last times are upon the earth, there are people who will be worshiping demons. They just don't get it. Mm -hmm. And worshiping idols. After everything and that they've gone through, they're still unrepentant. Dead. Yeah. So they're still around. Absolutely. Basically. That was my thought. But back to yours. Back to you. <laughs> All right. So you, you, you got Jesus teaching with authority. And you got this guy who's demon possessed. I, I, I just had a thought. We don't have any idea of what, any way of knowing. But did these, I mean, has this guy been coming to the synagogue for a long time? And does he act up when he does come to the synagogue? Mm -hmm. Or did he just have to act up on this day? Mm-hmm. And, and so this demon, you know, we know who you are, the Holy One of God. That, that, that's what the demon says to Jesus. And Jesus' ministry is new here. It's fresh. He's just got a few disciples. So far we know that he's got James and John, Peter, and Andrew, mm -hmm. right? That's who he's picked in, in chapter 1. And obviously they believed in Jesus, because they've left everything behind. That's what we talked about in the last couple podcasts. They left everything behind to follow Jesus. And now here they are showing up in a church service with Jesus. And this, all of a sudden, I mean, you can just imagine the scene, how freaky that would be. And this demon screeching or whatever and talking to Jesus, having this conversation with Jesus. And these people are watching this and freaking out, you know, what's going on? And the demon sitting there screaming, you know, you, we know you are, you're the Holy One of God. You come to destroy us. Um, and so right off the bat we, you know, we see Jesus' authority in his teaching but now we see his authority over demons mm -hmm. and what the demon is doing here is confirming who Jesus is he says the demon says you are the holy one of God now in, in Mark chapter 1 we've had Jesus' baptism we had the father confirming remember the affirmation we talked about affirmation from God the father to the son and so we have the Father confirming who Jesus is. This is this is my beloved Son. Listen to him, right? We had John the Baptist out there baptizing in the, the Jordan River, and when I don't think this is in Mark, but in uh, some of the other Gospels, when Jesus is coming to be baptized by John, you know, he yells out, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, or the sin of the world." And so you have God the Father confirming who Jesus is. We have John the baptizer confirming who Jesus is. And now we have a demon 
confirming who Jesus is. Right. We got the opposition, the enemy confirming who Jesus is. And in Second Corinthians thirteen one, and there's there, there's several verses in, even in the Old Testament that say this something or something similar to this. Uh, and the idea comes from Deuteronomy nineteen fourteen and fifteen. But Paul says. This is the third time I'm coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Matthew 18, 16, in the context of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and him talking to another believer, um, when it, like if a believer offends us, you know, we're to, be, we're to be, you know, to forgive them. But he says, if, you know, if you go to this person on your own, the next time, if that doesn't work, you, you take two or three witnesses mm -hmm. with you. Um, because he says, if people not hear you, then take uh, take with you one or two more witnesses, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Deuteronomy 19, 14, 15, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession, you must never steal anyone's land by moving the boundary markers your ancestors set up to mark their property. In other words, don't be greedy. You must not convict anyone of a crime on the testimony of only one witness. The facts of the case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Yeah. And so here we have God the Father, we have John the Baptizer, and now we have the enemy, all confirming who Jesus is. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. You are the Holy One of God. You are the Lamb of God. You are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. Can I read my footnotes here? Sure. It says, um, obviously, Jesus didn't quote human authorities. So, like you said, they were amazed because his authority seemed to be directly from God. He wasn't just reading or regurgitating what the commentaries had said. Right? He was saying, no, this is, this is what it means. Um, the man in their synagogue cried out. So it was actually the demon who cried out um, and possessed by an impure spirit. Demonic possession intended to torment and destroy those who were created in God's image. But the demon recognized that Jesus was a powerful adversary capable of destroying the forces of Satan. Yeah. And although the man has only one demon, it speaks for the whole demonic realm which quakes in fear at Jesus's presence. Right, you know, I've never met people who, you can tell by the fruit of their life, they are not followers of Christ, right? Well, I believe in Jesus. Well, great. Even the demons believe and tremble. Yeah, that's why I was at James 2.19. Right? That's the same, they believe too. Yeah. But they're not following after him. Um, so anyway, they, the whole demonic realm quakes in fear at Jesus' presence. Now, the Holy One of God apparently was a messianic title, affirming that Jesus is set apart for God's service and perhaps alluding to his divine origin. The title was perhaps used by the demons in accordance with the occult belief that if the precise use of a person's name, oh, that the precise use of a person's name gave certain control over him. So the like you just said in James two, even the the demons believe, but not only do they believe, but they they fear and tremble. Mm -hmm. 
um, which goes right along with my next verse, First John five, uh, really one through fifteen. I don't think I'm gonna take time to read the whole thing, but John writes, "Everyone who believes that because we can rest assured Jesus is who He says He is. Mm -hmm. We got we just shared three witnesses, right? God the Father, John the Baptizer, and even the enemy." Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves the children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commandments. Loving God means help, keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God, uh, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it with his testimony. So there's three witnesses right there. Mm -hmm. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his Son all who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. And, and there's several verses throughout Scripture that talks about God cannot lie. Mm -hmm. God cannot lie. Um, so we can rest assured that Jesus is who he says he is. And, and, if, it, and if Jesus is who he says he is, then he is our Savior. He is our sacrifice. He is our Passover lamb. He he actually did die on the cross for our sins. That he did come out of the tomb three days later, resurrected. And we have the power of the, the resurrection. I mean, he can deliver us. All right. 1 John 4, 4, I believe. I'll have to verify the verse. But it says, And you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Talking about the demonic powers. Mm -hmm. For greater is he who is in you than the one who is in the world. world. Yeah. Greater is the Jesus that's in me than the demonic powers, Satan, that are in the world. Yeah. Obviously, um, Jesus' ministry just begun, and he would tell people when he would heal people, he would tell them over and over again, don't go tell anybody. But obviously. And, he, and that's why he tells, I, I think that's why he it, I'm, we're not going to read all the verses, but I think that's why he tells this guy here when, uh, about the demons. And don't don't go tell anybody what's happened. But that naturally, it was their natural response. They went and told all you know all kinds of people, and people would just flock to Jesus. Um, and that's what we're going to see here in a few minutes when he's at. Because after they leave the church here or the synagogue, they go to Peter's house, and all these people just start coming from nowhere to Peter's house. To, to be healed or for demons to be cast out. They, all, Jesus starts touching people and meeting their needs. Um, but at this point, he was not ready to be publicly known yeah. with his ministry. Um, in 1 John 4, 4, um, he's showing his authority over this demon. And John writes, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives you, that's what you just shared, isn't it? The, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Mm -hmm. That's the verse you just shared. 
So the enemy is real, right? Mm -hmm. The devil is real. Demons are real. We've already established this. Um, but we uh, but we have to know and we have to understand uh, that we don't have to tolerate the enemy. Mm -hmm. Resist the devil and he will flee. Far too often we want to cuddle with him for whatever reason. Right. But just before sin. that it says submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He will flee. Yeah. I mean, sin's fun. The devil makes it look appealing. Mm -hmm. But the, the what we don't realize is the consequences to that, to those choices. Mm -hmm. Like Eve, the fruit. You know, don't eat that fruit. Just stay away from it. And the first thing Satan did was get Eve's attention on the fruit. And once he got her attention on the fruit, it says that she saw that it was that it was the it looked delicious, mm -hmm. and she desired it. And the next thing you know, she's got it in her hand. And the next thing that she knows, she's taken a bite and she's passing it to Adam. And then all of a sudden, you know, hey, this is delicious. Uh-oh. And now, you know, she's sinned. And it's the same thing with us. Satan is good at his game. He, 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 he is uh, crafty. And he knows our weaknesses. And he knows how to get us to, to fall. Or not, not fall from God or fall from grace, but just to... The sin and sin brings separation that's why we have to repent and thank thank the lord we have an advocate with the father that when we do thank sin the, mm -hmm. the blood of jesus christ washes away our sins and we're forgiven yeah. past present future sin um but but satan is good as is is good at his game but jesus has all authority he has all authority over over satan his demons he's greater um, anything else before we move on about demons Jesus beating up on the demons cast them into the pigs and all that good stuff thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast if we could pray for you or encourage you in any way please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824 if you're watching on YouTube please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes if you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.